We're going to start in Proverbs chapter 3, if you have your Bible. We're going to breeze through a few scriptures there in the book of Proverbs. But before we get into this, I want to share what the Lord uh, put in my heart. If, if you want to take something out of the Bible to justify what you know God wants to do in your life, it's real easy to do. Philippians 4.13, uh, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. Uh, no, that's not it. That's 19. <laughs> that's Philippians 19. Uh, Philippians 4.13, uh, I can do all things through, thank you, because my wife, you love it, don't you? <laughs> Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so we can pull the scriptures and we can use them, and we should, because God has a plan and a purpose for our life. But we need to have God's wisdom also to know what God is speaking to us to bring forth his will in our life and to do what God has called us to do. And I'll give you some examples in just a moment in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant where people did not take the wisdom or seek the wisdom of God for what he had for them. For, for, let me just give you this example. I shared a little bit of it Sunday. How many of you believe it is the will of God to heal you? Let's just say it's God's will to heal me. By his stripes we are healed. But we also know that there are a lot of things that we can do on this earth that we should do because this body was fearfully and wonderfully made by God. But in, in, in the living on this earth, many times we don't seek the wisdom of God to know how he wants us to handle it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's getting ready to go to meddling. Because God cares what you put in your mouth and God cares what you do to exercise. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if the wisdom of God for you is to exercise more and eat better or eat less, what is going to benefit you and make you a better person? To do exactly what God said. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to get this. It's not that difficult. In other words, we need to know what is the wisdom of God so that we can walk out the salvation that we have, his plan for our life, and be who he's called us to be. Sometimes we get into situations where we're looking at right or wrong as an issue. And really the issue is, what is the wisdom of God for my life? So turn to your neighbor and ask him, what is God's wisdom for your life? Now, if you'll do what I'm going to tell you right now, some of you may already do this, but if you'll do what I'm going to tell you right now, I guarantee it will change your life. I guarantee it will change your life. Every day when you get up, read a proverb. And you read that proverb for that day. There are 30 proverbs. Now, when you get to the 31st day, figure it out yourself. But 1 through 30, you read a proverb every single day. Everybody say, I can do that. It will absolutely change your life if you will read one proverb every day. That means on the 11th of April, you read the 11th proverb, and after a while, they begin to soak into your spirit, and you begin to live what Proverbs tells you to live, and it's a book of wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Turn to your neighbor tell them, you need more wisdom. Now, wisdom... If you look it up in the concordance, if you look it up in the Greek, studying wisdom, it's basically it makes you wise, it makes you understanding. We know that what God means is that we get his wisdom so that we can apply it in our lives. And this is my definition for wisdom, the ability to know how to implement God's will for your life. Everybody say it. The ability, the ability. to know how to implement God's wisdom for my life. 
Now, we're going to read a few scriptures right here in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, happy is the, verse 13, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Okay, you want to be happy? We're going to get wisdom. How many of you have ever felt that God showed you something to do or not to do, you turned around and instead of using it as applied wisdom in your life, you either didn't do it or you did do what you knew not to do, and then you found out later on, I should have listened to that small, still inner voice. Three of you, four of you, five of you, all of you. Okay, good. So we are all in the right group. God will never, you've heard me say this many times in this church, God will never not tell you what he wants you to know. He will always lead you and guide you by his spirit, and he'll give you wisdom for what's to come. In Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of thy mouth. Do not forsake her. She will preserve you, love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in your getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. Verse number 11, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. Let's all say, I want wisdom. Proverbs 15, verse 33, and this is probably one of the keys to wisdom. Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding, but what is in the heart of fools is made known. Nope, that's not 1533. I am on the wrong side. 1533 says it. That's a pretty good scripture, though, wasn't it? Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding, but what is the heart? What is in the heart of fools is made known. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Proverbs fifteen thirty three. The real Proverbs fifteen thirty three. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So, how many of you think it'd be a good idea if we got wisdom? Most of you. How many of you think it would be a good idea if you had wisdom? Turn to the book of James, chapter 1. We're going to be reading there concerning what the Word of God has to say about wisdom. The title for this message is, First, Seek Wisdom. In other words, always get wisdom first. Don't leave home without it. God, what is your wisdom in this situation? Here is what my experience of about 30 years in the ministry is. 30 years in the ministry, I better not use you as an example, but is that the first thing that you do when something happens is you start to think. Let me see all the people. The first thing you do whenever anything happens, you start to think. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And now we all think we have a mind. God gave us this mind. But the first thing we need to do is say, God, what is your wisdom in this situation? How many of you, now I know it sounds like I'm being cute, but I'm just being observant. How many of you, one of the first things that happen to you when things don't go the way you think they should, even based on what the will of God is, the first thing you do is open your mouth and something comes out. And it, three of you, four of you, five of you, okay. And, and that ought not to be. We have to have God's wisdom in every situation. Everybody say, I need it. I need it. So what we're going to do is always pursue God's wisdom in everything that we do. Now, how do we do that? We look at James chapter 1, verse 5, because in Luke, 
I don't think I've ever used this before. This is a little harder, isn't it? Yeah. Would you like to hold it for me? Sure. No, that's all right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what did I say? James? Yeah. Chapter 1? Yeah. Are you paying attention? <laughs> you look very pretty tonight. <laughs> Want to go home with me? Can you imagine this? Somebody listening to the message somewhere on the internet? <laughs> and the woman, no, I'm going to leave him like it is. <laughs> the guy says, the guy's listening, he says, that's my kind of church. <laughs> but God really made this very, very simple. In the beginning, and, and I know this sounds like funny, but in the beginning, when I first got saved, I really thought, God was going to be blessed to have my help because I brought a lot of experience along with me. I was a businessman. I knew how to do things. I remember telling my wife I was going to help Oral Roberts build the city of faith. I was, oh, all of these things I was going to do. I had all sorts of pride, arrogance, and self-seeking ways about me. Now, are you ready for this? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know he's going to be talking to you now. If you think and you act and you speak before you seek God's wisdom, you are a self-seeking person. Thank you for all of the silence. (laughs) Now, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you have bad habits. There's a difference between being a bad person and having a bad habit. I was with a gentleman just the other day, and we were talking about some situations, and, and uh, I said, all you got to do is know how much God loves you, and you have to love him with all of your heart, all your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. He said, I do. Now, the gentleman had just told me all the things they've been doing, and I said, no, you don't love him that much. And he said, how do you know I don't love him that much? And I said, because of all the things you're doing. If you loved him that much, you wouldn't do what he doesn't want you to do. Does that make sense? There are some things I don't do because I love my wife more than I love doing what I would like to do. (laughs) Does that make sense? In other words, I don't always like to do the dishes, and I don't always do the dishes, but I do the dishes because it helps you. She does them most of the time, but I do them sometimes because it helps her. I do not enjoy doing dishes at all, but I do enjoy her not having the dirty dishes. And so what happens then is we get to the point when we love somebody so much, we give things because we love them. Does that make sense? So if you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of your might, then there's nothing left over to do what you know you shouldn't do. And when this person, it went off inside their head, and I said, well, yeah, I guess that's really true. And I said, you can remove guess. You actually know now. So we love someone enough that we want to do what's pleasing to them. God wants you to have his wisdom. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, God wants you to have his wisdom. Now, here's what happens. We have things that don't always go right. Are we all together on that? Okay. Now, James chapter 1, well, let's just read verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking what? Nothing. And then it goes on to say in verse number 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now, we're talking about the wisdom of God. 
Now, if you haven't heard and you haven't sought God's wisdom, guess what you don't have? These are not hard questions. If you haven't sought God and asked him for wisdom, guess what you don't have? You don't have God's wisdom. What do you have? You have your own thoughts and your own understanding, and most of us have shot ourselves in the foot many times because we've done things that we thought would be the right way versus the wisdom of God. Does that make sense? Are we all in the same? Wave your hand if, they, if I'm... Okay, so we're talking to the same right group here. Now, in verse number six, this is what it said. But let him ask in faith... This is the person that needs God's wisdom with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. How many of you in this church have had situations and circumstances where you felt like you were losing your mind? You felt double-minded. You felt the ship tossed and turned. You, you, you didn't even feel the ship tossing and turning. You thought the ship sunk and you were still on it. We've all been there. And what happens is that is a person who does not have the wisdom of God operating in their life. You can be sinking in despair and quote as you go under, my God will supply all my needs as you go right under, because you know that is the will of God, right? And the wisdom of God was don't get on that ship. But you got on that ship anyway. And what happens then is if we don't ask, then we don't have. But if you ask, it says right here, if any of you, and this is, this is such one of the most important scriptures I believe in the entire Bible. If any of you ask for God's wisdom, what is he going to give you? What's he going to give you? So what would the first thing out of your thought life or out of your mouth be every time you have a situation or circumstance where you don't have God's wisdom? Again, these are not hard questions. What would the first thing you would want to do? God, what is your wisdom in this situation? Now, I have not mastered this, but I'm a lot better at it now than I was 30 years ago. And I'm going to be a lot better in the next 30 years than I was now. But, it's, it, but we're going from glory to glory. But I know that the first thing that I have to have is the wisdom of God. And I know you've heard me say this before, but it just, it just fascinates me. There are times when I'll say, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I know your word. I, I can pull out a scripture. My God will supply all of my needs. Or if I ask anything in your name, I know you will do it. But what's your wisdom in this situation? And he will show me things, and it's like, Wow. And I'll never forget years ago when a situation was going on like that. I said, God, I would have never thought about that. I would have never thought that. And instantly in my spirit, it was almost joking. It's like I heard, that's why you're not God. In other words, in other words God's got a sense of humor, but, but he wants us to know what he wants us to know. Does that, does that make sense? Because it's oversimplifying something that's very simple, but, but he wants you to know what he wants you to know. So therefore, if the first thing you always do is acknowledge that you lack his wisdom, and ask him, what's he going to give you? Always wisdom, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I know you can get this. So, so, let me see the hands of all the people who used to think first, 
the moment there was an adverse situation that came their way, the, the ones that used to do that, okay? And now let's see the hands of all the people who from now on, you're going to say, God, what is your wisdom in this situation? Okay, you came to the right service. So now from now on, we're not going to lose our joy. We're not going to be upset. We're not going to be anxious. We're not going to be nervous. We're not going to be worried. We're not going to be concerned. We're going to say, God, what is your wisdom in this situation? I've just come to a dead end. I have no idea what to do, but I know this. I know that you have wisdom for me, and you're going to show me exactly what to do. Let's all say, I can do that. that. Now, if you don't do that, we are going to have a little bit of a challenge, and I want you to turn over to the book of James, chapter 4, and we're going to be reading, uh, excuse me, chapter 3. I'm going to be reading in uh, verse number 13. Solomon uh, had so much wisdom, and you've all heard the story about the two mothers and how he handled the situation with his wisdom when he said, just chop that baby in half, and the mother, the real birth mother, knew, said, no, 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 give that baby to the other woman, and Solomon said, no, no, that's the mother, you give the baby to her. There's something about wisdom in an individual that produces the peace of God, and I'm going to show you this scripturally in just a few moments. Years ago, and some of you have heard this story, we had a girl in our church named Rita uh, at Victory Christian Center, and Rita was Jewish. Rita was probably the most obnoxious person I've ever met up until we came back to Lafayette. No, that's not true. That's, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true at all. But, but Rita was the most obnoxious person I've ever met. She was, she was just horrible. She really was. And she signed up to be a full-year student, so we had to deal with her every single day. And it finally got to the point when everybody had had it for, with Rita. We just wanted to get rid of her. She brought disunity and all sorts of problems. How many of you know somebody similar to that? You may not know Rita, but you know somebody similar to that. And, and she was really, really bad. And one day I was just, I, I was in the flesh. I was upset with her. I just, just wanted to get rid of her. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to pray. And I began to pray. And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to meet with Rita. And I thought, okay, and, you know, and. It's kind of like go to Tulsa, and, why, and nothing came. I believe in my life, God gives me directions, but it's a step at a time. Is it like that for you? It's like, I want to know the rest of the Paul Harvey. I want to know the rest of the story. It just doesn't tell you. And, and so... He just said, meet with Rita. And I remember it was Bonnie Beetle and uh, said, schedule her in. And uh, I was directing the Bible school at that time. And so she scheduled Rita in a couple of days later or whatever. And she called me and said, Rita's here. And I thought, Lord, I don't know what to do now. I got her in my office. She's sitting there. And I'm walking down the hallway to see Rita. And I said, God, I don't know what to do. And this is what I heard. I said, I need your wisdom. I don't even know if I said I need your wisdom. I just said, God, I don't know what to do. And this is instantly what I heard. Sit down next to her, look her in the eye, and say, Rita, I don't like you, and I don't know why. That's all I heard. And I thought, God, this better be you, because not only, not only was Rita obnoxious, she was pretty feisty and pretty tough. I mean, she could have just smacked me right upside the head. That's the kind of person Rita was. And so I went in there, and I remember thinking, if this isn't God, this is going to be interesting. And I remember sitting down next to Rita, and I looked at Rita. 
I saw that same feeling. And I said, Rita, I wasn't crying. <laughs> I was trying to be tough at the moment. I said, Rita, I don't like you, and I don't know why. And she looked in right in my eyes, and she said, it's because you don't understand me. And she began to tell me her life story. And I began to cry. And uh, she began to cry. And she, the Holy Spirit, knit our hearts together. Now, I wish I could tell you that Rita was never obnoxious after that. <laughs> Rita didn't change a bit. <laughs> but I did. I changed. I changed in the way I saw Rita because I understood more about Rita. And that's what the wisdom of God will do. It will give you his understanding. You know, it sounds like a contradiction, but it's not. In, in uh, Psalms, it says, lean not to your own understanding. Well, it's not talking about not leaning to God's understanding. It's leaning not to your own understanding. But, but ask God for his wisdom so that you will have his wisdom and his understanding, and then you will begin to w operate in the, in the way God operates. Now, Rita ended up graduating from Bible school and went back to Israel. I've often wondered what happened to Rita. Went back to Israel as a Messianic Jew. Glory to God, and who knows, she's probably affecting the entire nation. She may be in there with Benjamin Netanyahu saying, where did she get her training? Glory to God. But <laughs> would that be so? But in verse number 13 of James, now, th this is really quite serious. If you don't seek God's wisdom you will be part of the problem of coming into agreement with the devil. And the devil is real. The devil is, right now, if you look at America, we are in serious, serious trouble. We are in serious trouble. Uh, the abortion uh, issue is totally earthly, sensual wisdom. The uh, gay marriage, totally earthly, sensual. Uh, 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 the, the sexual immorality in our nation, totally earthly, sensual uh, wisdom. Well, yeah, doesn't it make sense that a woman should have uh, authority over her body and all of this? Well, on the surface, that sounds right. But then you look at 55 million abortions that have taken place, and you say, is that godly? Or is that ungodly? Is that God's wisdom or is that man's wisdom? Well, you know it's man's wisdom. Man has weighed in on that situation, and it's earthly, and it's sensual, and it's demonic. You look at the situation when it comes to the Word of God and debt, and you look at a nation that is in debt, and you say, well, my goodness, our we can never, the uh, United States of America can never pay off its debt. You may dream about it, and, and politicians may tell you we're going to do it. They're never going to pay off the debt. It cannot be paid off. It never will. It's escalating too fast. And we've compromised the Word of God and the leading of His Spirit, and we've compromised the wisdom of God in that situation. And now we're trying to compromise that same thing for the nation of Israel. Now, you might wonder, well, how does all that have to do with me? Folks, a nation reflects the people in it. And our nation is divided now. And I don't know if it's equal or not, but our nation is divided. This nation does not reflect what most of you, especially my age, grew up in. Most of you, even younger than me, doesn't reflect what you grew up in. But what we're doing now is producing children in our schools and in our colleges that are being taught worldly wisdom. It is sensual. It is demonic. And it is self-seeking, and we're going to read about it, what James said right here in verse number 13. 
Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Everybody say meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Now, what is self-seeking? That is that you know how it should be, but you haven't consulted God. Have you ever heard this expression, I'm just going to give them a piece of my mind? You know the problem with that, don't you? Some people have given away far too many pieces. In other words, right or wrong is not the issue. I've told Pam this over the years, and and our kids too. I, I hope they're all listening. But you ever get into a situation in your car at a stop sign or somebody cuts you off or you cut them off? Drive away, don't look at them, and just get out of there as fast as you can. Because road rage and things like that, you can think you're right and end up dead. Actually, you can be right and end up dead. Let's all say it. Right or wrong? Never the issue. What is the issue? Wisdom of God, the leading of the Holy Spirit. You get the wisdom of God operating in your life, and you'll be fine. Now, it goes, now self-seeking I, I know that I'm repeating this a lot, but self-seeking people have formed a habit. Every habit you have takes a while to break. But if you're a self-seeking person, it means you think quickly and speak quickly and act quickly. Does that make sense? Can I see the hands of all the people I just described? You'll never have the wisdom of God operating in your life if you think quickly. This is an easy message for me to speak. To preach, isn't it? <laughs> because my wife says, you don't think quickly at all, honey. You are really a slow thinker. You know what? That is probably true. I have, how many of you, you people are like me? My mind is relatively slow. Actually, I like my mind. It, it just, my mind never seems to race. It's just kind of, <laughs> most people would say I'm boring, but I just love me. I just enjoy me. I have, I'm serious. I, I fit well in this body. I just, I, I do okay. Does that make sense to you? Where some people, they don't like themselves. I've never understood why anybody would want to live in a body they don't like. Why anybody would want to be who they are if they don't like themselves. Because you're going to be with you 24 hours a day. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to be with you 24 hours a day. You might as well like something about you. And my mind is a little slow sometimes. So when, when, to, to seek... The wisdom of God first is kind of natural for me because there's not a whole lot going on up here. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense, or am I talking too much about me? I don't. Uh, yeah, you know, but, but if your mind is one of those racing minds where something happened and right away you got 18,000 different things you could do in response to that, and then what you end up doing is becoming confused. And you become a little agitated and a little on edge and a little jumpy and a little irritable. Let me see the hands of all the people who know somebody like that. It's not you. You just know somebody like that. And what happens is, and what happens then is we negate the power of God from working in our lives. Okay, let me go back here to first. I, I lost my page and my nose is running. Glory to God. It is really embarrassing to be up here and drip on your Bible. Now, okay, we left in verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. 
For this wisdom does not descend. Now, wait a minute. Let me stop here. How many of you think you have been guilty of being a self-seeking person from time to time? So I want to set you all up for this next scripture. This wisdom, this self-seeking wisdom, does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. What is it? Earthly, sensual, and demonic. A lot of people are sick today in their bodies. They have immune deficiencies and situations and circumstances going on, and it's all coming from their mind, and it's all coming from the way they respond to adversity. Adversity is part of doing business on this earth. How we handle adverse situations depends on whether or not we're going to respond with self-seeking wisdom or if we're going to respond by the wisdom that comes from on high, godly wisdom. And if we're going to respond with godly wisdom, then we're going to have the fruits of that godly wisdom. If we're going to respond with self-seeking wisdom, then we will entertain the things from the devil that we don't want, and you will become a double-minded person. Now, in verse number 16, for we're envy and self-seeking, and in your King James Version, it will say strife. For we're envy, and, and if you look up the, the definition of strife, you'll end up with self-seeking. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. What's there? Confusion and every evil thing. Have you ever been confused and have all sorts of junk going on in your mind, which is where all this plays out, and you wish God would do something about it? And the reason why God hasn't done anything about it is because you are operating with self-seeking wisdom. Turn to your neighbor and get a smile on your face. Now, there's a way out. There, there's a way out. All you got to do is the first thing. Anytime you have an adverse situation, situation God's leading you in, say, God, what is your wisdom? And what will God do? What will God do? What will God do? Now, you don't doubt. You don't sit there and think, oh, gosh, there's what I just heard God. I don't really know if that's really God or not. No, no, no. Accept it for what it is. It is God. It is his wisdom. Because what did he say in his word? He said, the minute you ask, you will have it. So let's all say, whenever I need godly wisdom, I will have it. If, big if, say it, if, if I ask. So what's the first thing you're going to do? So when you have a problem and you talk to me, I'm going to say, what is God's wisdom in your situation? Do you raise your hand? Do you have to leave or what? I was just going to give an example of how you are <laughs> about this, because I think it's good for people to understand. I, I trust you. The other night, I, I, I wake up in the night, and how many of you have ever woken up in the night, and, and your mind just goes, and then as soon as you solve that one, it goes the other way. It just like, it like it spins, and it just jumps off. And uh, so, some nights, now, now my husband is the same as sleep or awake, slow-minded. His mind does not race. It doesn't get in a fright, doesn't get upset, not even upset with me. So here I come with my pillows. 
He's back in the back bedroom because he watches TV till whenever, and he, he's up doing things on the computer. And so some nights he's back in the back. He just falls asleep. Well, so I couldn't sleep that night. So I got up and I went to find him. Well, he's back in his room. And so I, that back room. So I go in there <laughs> and I go and I start telling him all the things I'm thinking. And he's going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Now, he's not asleep. He's awake. This isn't like a sleep, uh-huh. And then he goes, well, what'd God tell you? Just want to go. I wouldn't be in here if God had told me. Do you think I would be in here at 3.30 in the morning? So I said to him, I don't know what God's saying. He said, well, your, your mind is racing. I'm thinking, no, duh. My mind is racing. That's why I'm in here. And all he says is, if you ask God, he will tell you. I don't know. I think <laughs> that's not what I wanted to hear. So finally, but he says here, you know, uh, you know he prays for me, puts his hand on my mind a lot. <laughs> but so I go back out and then see, he, he'll read, do whatever. It doesn't bother him even if he wakes up in the night. He just reads the word and prays and, and goes back to sleep. And so I go in my room and I said, Lord, I do not. He does not know what to do either. <laughs> we are in such serious trouble here because I don't know and he doesn't know. And he doesn't even care that he doesn't know. And I'm wide awake. <laughs> this is just a lesson in wisdom. So I said, Lord, I need an answer. And this is what I heard immediately. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. I thought, well, praise God. I should have heard that before I went in there. <laughs> Next time, I'm asking God first. <laughs> That's a good word, honey. It really is. It is a, it is a rattlesnake. <clears throat> Where envy and self-seeking exist, there will be confusion and every evil work. Anytime you are confused and you feel that, you feel that uh, it, it's an evil junk on your mind and, and on your body. What, what's, what that is, is, is you've gotten off into a self-seeking. You're not a bad person, but you're doing a bad thing because you're opening the door to the devil in your life, your mind, and in the life of your family. And all you have to do is say, God, show me what to do. How much does God love you? He does not want to see you like that. So when you come to God and say, God, please, I need your wisdom. Please show me. He's, he's going to show you so he can settle you down and give you his wisdom. Does that make sense to all of you? Now, let's look at what it says in verse number 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. When you have God's wisdom operating in your life, I have just described what your mind is going to be like. And if your mind is anything other than that, you are into self-seeking. You have disengaged from the things of God, 
Again, you're not a bad person. You've disengaged from the things of God, and you alone are trying to figure out how you're going to do everything separate from God. In your right mind, you're not doing that, but that is exactly what you're doing. But if you will get into the realm of the Spirit and say, God, I need your wisdom. I know it's your will that I get through this. I know it's your will that this storm goes away. I know it's your will that I have all of my needs met according to your riches and glory. I know that if I ask anything in your name, you will do it, but I just need some wisdom in this situation right now. And God will always give it to you. Now, this is what happens. Godly wisdom, and I know it sounds like, I know it sounds like a play on words here, an oversimplification, but godly wisdom comes from God. Yeah. Godly wisdom comes from <clears throat> So therefore, we, we have to stop trying to figure out through multiple choice or whatever, all of the options available to us and say, God, I need wisdom now. I don't know how to handle this situation. And then God will flood you with his wisdom and he'll show you what to do. And then the peace of that wisdom will be manifest in your life. You will have that meekness. You'll have that peace operating in your life all of the time, even though the situation at hand hasn't gone away. You're still facing it, but you have the wisdom of God in that situation. Does that make sense? <clears throat> now, when you disengage from the wisdom of God, either through not seeking it or through seeking it and not seeing it happen fast enough, how many, of you are, how many of you like to see it happen a whole lot faster than it does? It's not going to. It's going to happen on God's timetable. All you have to have is a word from the Lord, and the issue is settled. The word from the Lord, and the issue is settled. And what happens then is but when you disengage and you try to do it yourself, you are plugging in to confusion and every evil work. In other words, the writer of James can't even describe how much evil is going to be operating. It's basically confusion and every evil work. But we plug into the leading of the Lord, and God will lead it, and God will give it to us. Now, this evening, we're going we're gonna to end by praying for all of you who are in, every one of us, every one of us have areas in our life where we need the wisdom of God every single moment of every single day. And if that's our prime objective and that's, that's the way we operate, then it will become a habit in our life and we'll do it time and time again. But you have to form that habit of saying the first thing, God, what is your wisdom in this situation? What does the Word say? What's the leading of the Holy Spirit and what's your wisdom? <clears throat> I'll give you two quick examples. When Joshua was an understudy to Moses, when he came out of, of that situation and, and was promoted, God said, Everywhere that the sole of your foot touches is your land. I'm giving it to you. However, when he arrived at Jericho, God gave him wisdom as to what the plan was to take Jericho, and Joshua did exactly what God said. That was the wisdom of God. The will of God was to give him Jericho. Joshua could have walked into Jericho and said, here I am, all of you surrender, and they could have been soundly defeated, but he sought after God and had his plan. 
And, and it was awesome plan that, that even to this day, it, it is an absolute miracle to think those fighting men did exactly what Joshua said, but they were trained to follow orders. And Joshua told them what the wisdom of God was. Brad made reference to this Sunday. But when they finished that battle and they went into the first battle of Ai, yes, they had sin in the camp and they needed to get rid of the sin in the camp because there were some challenges. But basically, Joshua listened to the people. And the people said, the people at AI are poorly defended. There aren't that many. Don't tire the people. We can take it. It's a piece of cake. Don't go home and read your Bible tonight and say, I can't find a piece of cake anywhere. But that's basically paraphrasing. He said, don't bother anybody. And Joshua, about the only time in the book of Joshua you can find where he missed it, he listened to the people. How many of you, nobody has to raise their hand. How many of you, when you need the wisdom of God, and you know you need the wisdom of God, pick up the cell phone and call somebody. Last thing in the world you need to do. Stick that cell phone down, throw that sucker away, and get one-on-one with God and find out, God, what is your wisdom here? What is your wisdom in this situation? And God will show you time and time again. And Joshua found out that he missed God. And he came back and he cried out to God. And God said, get up. You got a mistake. Fix it and move on. And the second battle of Ai, he had the plan of God because he sought the wisdom of God. God told him exactly how to do it. He did it. And they conquered Ai because they had God's wisdom. We must have God's wisdom. And today, even though every single one of us need God's wisdom, you may be facing a situation where it is extremely serious. You need to know God's wisdom. God is going to give it to you immediately because his word, James 1.5 says, you, you lack wisdom, you ask of me and I'll give it to you. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.